Taste it. Hey, what's on your plate? Is it good? Is it great? Come on, don't hesitate. Sit on down with the unbougie food. When you're cooking at home, wanna set the right tone? Just pick up the phone. Sit on down with the unbougie food. As always, for taking a few moments, the hour I'm saying, <laughs> and sitting down with me uh, and just having a discussion about food and food, various food topics. Uh, first and foremost, I want to encourage you to uh, give us a call here at the radio station if you'd like to make a comment, have a suggestion. Uh, the telephone number here is 651 300 Again, that number is 651-200-3479. I'm really excited to actually, uh, you know, for you all to listen in on the show today because I have a great and awesome um, guest with me, um, Chef uh, Lachelle Cunningham. Uh, if you'd like hello. to say hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so... Once again, even before I begin, I want to encourage everyone also to please uh, follow me on Facebook. Um, you know how to find me. It is the Unbougie Foodie. But if you'd like to uh, see perhaps pictures and images that I've taken of food and food places that I've gone to, because you know how I like to share, uh, definitely uh, visit my uh, Instagram or follow me on Instagram, which is the underscore Unbougie Foodie. Uh, questions, comments uh, about the show? Uh, aside from calling in, definitely send me an email or drop me a line, uh, theunbougiefoodie at gmail.com. Uh, I love having conversations offline after the show or whatnot, or just even hearing suggestions from others as well. But let's get right into the show. Again, uh, let me once again reintroduce um, Chef uh, uh, Lachelle Cunningham. Chef Cunningham, she, you have probably heard her name heard the organizations that she's been involved in um she's a, an award-winning chef but uh you know specifically of the charlie awards which is a, a very popular um food event here within the twin cities but specifically the program at uh appetite for change breaking bread cafe um, she's been involved in that and specifically in food justice uh, justice and in other areas um and it's extensive, very extensive experience. And there's a lot of things that are happening in her life right now that she's <laughs> going to be sharing with yes. with us today. So um, 
Chef Cunningham, please, again, thank you for, so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited and uh, honored to be here. Oh, so my. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so please tell us a little bit more about you. I know um, my brief introduction does not give, doesn't speak as much volumes as it should mm -hmm. as to your experience and the things that you're doing, not only for the community, but just in the realm of food justice and yeah. the culinary world. Absolutely. Can we speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. So I have been in this culinary world for uh, about six or seven years now. So previously I was in kind of a whole nother career path and um, changed into this career path and really was taking control of my life in a lot of ways and really following my dreams and passions and really went and launched a business, went to culinary school, and then kind of started having this whirlwind of opportunities in this industry and in the community as well. Um, I've always been kind of in that kind of nonprofit, uh, social justice kind of arena. Awesome. Um, and just kind of that giving back, doing community work and that um, from I, you know, I, t I mentioned that my first job was at McDonald's, but after that I was worked at the Y and was in nonprofits pretty much my whole career. And so it obviously was a natural um, transition. transition when I got into the food industry. It actually all aligned and it wasn't like I was searching it out. It was just the path that I was on. And so I ended up being um, connecting up with Appetite for Change as I was finishing culinary school and, you know, planning to really go and launch my business, Shell's Kitchen, which I had, re I had already launched, but to really, you know, go full time into that. Um, but I ended up having this opportunity to join Appetite for Change in building Breaking Bread Cafe and really getting the chance to dig into the social justice piece and really serve the community in a way that even was greater than I had even, you know, envisioned at the time. Um, I, I, you know, obviously have a greater vision for, for community <laughs> impact, but the way that it happened and, you know, the, the um, just how everything kind of lined up was you know, greater than I expected, I guess, at the time. And so I really dug into that work and, and um, built that restaurant. And, you know, even prior to that, I've always been an entrepreneur. That's that's part of my spirit. And, and, and I'm um, actually moving from being an entrepreneur to really be getting into being a business owner and really, you know, um, kind of moving to the next level. So that's where it's a little bit about where I am, am now. But just to kind of explain that, you know, that experience at Breaking Bread really laid the foundation for helped me lay the foundation for the next steps. And so eventually it kind of it came to a point where it was like, OK, I am an entrepreneur. I've been able to build this great brand with this organization, but at the same time, I still have my own vision and my own passion and my own kind of direction and path that I'm on. And it really, you know, took a lot for me to, to make that decision to kind of step away from that and really step away from everything <laughs> really a little bit and right. kind of take a step back to focus on, um, my brand and and my path and and really kind of get grounded so that's really where I am right now is kind of this place of transformation I'm I'm kind of in this 
uh, process of metamorphosis, I no, guess. I'm, I'm, I'm awesome. dead center in the <laughs> middle of it right now as we speak. Um, everything in my life has changed on every level, professionally, personally, spiritually, you know, holistically. Um, and it's really the path that I, it's all the intention that I have already been putting out there. Right. But now it's coming to fruition. Right. And is some growing pains and some some pain and some um growth from it um so in the midst of that um there's a lot going on so at the i left breaking bread at at the end of april and so now i've been going full-time with my business shell's kitchen and relaunching that brand doing a lot of catering to kind of keep me going course, and then planning a lot of um greater things ahead yay so yeah. You mentioned in our uh, previous conversation, uh, just while we chatted, you mentioned about um, being a teacher yeah. uh, or being a culinary instructor. Mm -hmm. um, what can you go into more, yeah. a little bit more detail Absolutely. about that? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> funny enough, when I was in culinary school, I started teaching classes. Oh, wow. Through, <laughs> yes, through Minneapolis Public Schools Community Ed. So they have like the adult evening classes that you can take. You right. can take art and mechanics and all kind of stuff. Well, I created a cooking class nice. called Comfort Foods Around the World. And it just, again, stars aligning and, and connecting and networking with the right people and actually Harvey Rupert is the one who connected me to that he was doing a class I went in and helped him with the class and then ended up getting my own class at the end of the day and so I really created this kind of a uh, way for me to learn through teaching exactly. and reinforce what I was learning in culinary school so I kind of was able to regurgitate a lot of the content and for those classes and as well as create a test kitchen for myself to test and learn more about recipes and ingredients while teaching it to other people while I was learning it. So it was like kind of the perfect storm yeah. situation. <laughs> and so now from that, that has developed, that was called comfort foods around the world. And as my kind of passion has grown for food, I've really always been about kind of home remedies nice. since I was a young girl my mom had this home remedies book that i would always always reference when <laughs> i had like a cold or something, or something like it was big it was thick it had a hard cover i think yep. it was blue okay but um so i have my own now nice. it's called the prescription for nutritional yeah. healing and it's something that i you know always um refer to now with when people come to me with issues or I have issues or whatever, as far as, you know, nutrition and, and your body and how we can heal ourselves naturally. Right. And so um, the reason why I'm kind of segue into that is because that has really how my food class has changed. So now I have a class curriculum called Healthy Roots. And so that's really about talking it's really about reclaiming narrative on health and food right and so it, it and because i'm african-american it goes into soul food exactly and the history of that and how that food and that culture has changed and transformed based on the greater society in this country and kind of how our whole food system has changed and how we've kind of gotten into this what I call processed food epidemic. Okay. And so, um, and also how a lot of negative connotations get attached to soul food exactly. and really understanding like where, where our food comes from on multiple levels. Um, and then really digging and looking back and saying, actually, we've always been plant-based exactly. people. And so 
Um, of course, we've adapted to different situations, different cultures, different interactions, di different circumstances, but we've um, always like been uh, medicinal healers and we've all, you know, naturally. And using and plants, of course, by using to do plants. so. Exactly. And so I get into that, into foraging, living, how, you know, we at, at a certain point, we um, as, as black people and, and coming out of that slave system, were only rationed certain items so we had to make do with what we had but we also had to make do with our environment Understood. and grow things and that's an know? important uh point or a uh, subject that uh, there are a number of subjects that i knew as you were mentioning that mm -hmm. i want to touch about touch on but specifically foraging mm -hmm. and this is a question that i've i've thought about i haven't asked anyone yet mm -hmm. but since you're bringing it up i was yeah. like um are there any black people that really go out there and do foraging? <laughs> I'm, I, yes, I'm sorry. There I just, are. I have to there ask. are. Only because <laughs> I am I'm interested in it and I've never had the opportunity. Yes. I've never taken a class or mm -hmm. met with other um, individuals, folks that yeah. you know have, are interested in that. Right. So, well, I think in Minnesota, it's probably fewer and far between. Okay. I think that because we're in winter time a lot it's like kind of gets passed on us but yes like our our family members from the south and mm -hmm. from the caribbean and that live in areas that are flourishing with plants vegetation and, and vegetations and this goes back to our spiritual like original spiritual customs mm -hmm. of of healing of using herbs for spiritual reasons but also for medicinal healing knowing what you need if you get cut like what plant you can go to exactly. to help like these are things that are were, have always been a part of our original culture and so um but now in our current society like you know it's like what are you you know <laughs> you might, yeah. but yes like i go foraging we actually just went foraging a few weeks ago my son is here too and he actually was there um and we went over to theater worth park which is on nice. the north side right? right and it is full of medicinal plants it is full of um i mean I, so i have a lady that i work with her name is betsy nelson and she actually took me and some of my friends all of us were african-american she's not african-american but mm. my group was <laughs> african-american and we all went out and i've gone out with her before um and my mom's into it. So I, the first time I went out with Betsy, I went to my mom's house after and she had all this backyard medicine books. So all of the plants that I had just went and picked from Theater Worth were in the, the book. So I was able to open up the book and say, oh, here's nettle. Exactly. And nettle is good for these things. You know, it's, it's super high in iron and um, like it's like a spinach kind of thing. It's stinging nettle. So you actually can get stung by it. So it's a whole. So you have to know there's a, there's a lot you have to. <laughs> No, exactly. but that's why it's good to do some research go with someone who knows what they're doing um my favorite thing to pick is red clover because it's all over the place and it's great to dry it and make it in tea it's good for women's health okay um women's reproductive health and that type of thing um there was horsetail out there there's a bunch of burdock which is like a superfood and really good for you but it's like a huge plant that's roots are really deep oh wow there's um plantain which is good it's like a leaf and you can pick it if you have a bug bite mm -hmm. and you can put it on there i mean there's all kinds full of it. dandelion which we think is like this pest oh, in our yard it really is not but, but it's like you should be eating dandelion leaves like every day for a really? number of of health and preventative reasons 
seasons. Um, and I, I mean, I, we could go on. It's, we can. It's a we whole can thing. Keep going. <laughs> it's a whole. It's a whole thing. Um, when, within itself of just learning what's around us and the fact that our our culture is so or our society and the the kind of the American culture is so like sterilizing like for the wrong reasons and right. for the wrong things you Understood. know what i'm saying you know so it's, it's interesting that you know you're talking about all of these things too because m- my parents my background is um from central america okay uh, so here i remember hearing you know with my grandmother she would pull this plant or mm-hmm. you know get this leaf or go over there child and get that leaf from there or whatever mm-hmm. and we're gonna put it in some tea and some salt and this and that and everything mm-hmm. and i i never really understood why mm-hmm. i mean it did help because right. when you took it you were like we had all these different herbs a lot of them called bitters mm-hmm. and, and of course many people you know have take bitters or whatever mm-hmm. but um there were so many it was it was gross it was nasty <laughs> but then like a couple of days later you're like wow i feel, feel better so right. much better you know yeah. i mean of course you had to let whatever it was run its course but right. whatever you ingested and it was based upon something that she made or knew because mm-hmm. um, they had a farm right. so they had the, the opportunity to I, w- I would have to say forage and find mm-hmm. these things um mm-hmm. on the farm as well and use them to she had mother well they had 16 kids okay, <laughs> so right. they couldn't go to the medicine right. all, the, all right. the time and go get them they had to work what they had and everything so and that's the thing that people need to understand is that you're going to a doctor to get a medicine for something but what we all need to understand is all medicine is mimicking an original plant herb, uh, exactly. remedy yeah. is all of the remedies are from plants and they start s- s- making synthetic copies of this. And then that's where you get this pharmaceuticals and then people can make tons of money off of sugar pills and chemicals when they're really just trying to mimic something that happens in nature that we can naturally do to heal our bodies. And so that's so such great points and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, or I would like to actually go into, to um, nu- the nutritional healing, mm-hmm. and I know we're already touching on it, mm-hmm. but what type of cuisines mm-hmm. is it that you have you created and are going to be creating mm-hmm. in the future too? Um, that speaks to that or that yes. supports that? Absolutely. Well, um, I'm on. I'm still in my journey personally mm-hmm. of healing myself understood okay so that's that's really where i am i know a lot but i'm still in the learning and i don't i think i'll always be (laughs) in that kind of student place but what i do know is that plant-based eating is healing Mm -hmm. and that we have to know what it is that we're eating when we say plant-based eating and i also I think that our culture and our just society in general gets too caught up in all these different trendy kind of fads when it comes to diets and veganness and uh, pescatarian and lacto ovo and vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's like a thousand different names and then you got all the different diets and there's carb free this. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it's, it, 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 it is like, tainting our mindset around where we really need to be focusing on when it comes to food it's not about 
putting all this negativity and judging every time you make a decision that isn't like the healthiest decision right. on earth when it comes to eating. It's because all you're doing is shaming and creating all this like negative energy that we don't even need. It's really about like, how can we know what the benefits of the food that we have has and how can we get more of it into our bodies? Right. And, and the more that we know and can do that and actually observe the effects of what we're doing, then that's when we have the real empowerment to make the change. So that's where I'm at in my life. I've, I've done the vegan thing temporarily. Um, as a chef, it is a difficult thing to go vegan, especially when you're uh, cooking in a restaurant that's not. Mm -hmm. So I also went through kind of this process of that and just, like I said, the shame and all of that. And people are like, oh, I thought you were vegan. And right. it's just like a whole identity thing, right? right. But um, when it comes to me and making those personal choices, I know the way that I felt when right. I ate the best that I could right you know what I mean and I know that it's not just about the eating it's about the body and the physical activity it's about the, the mental health it's about the spiritual health it's a holistic process to really be wholly healthy of right course. and so we just and and we're all at have a whole bunch of different challenges in all of those areas of right so the only way that we're really able to break through that is to like kind of get out of our minds with it and be in the present moment and do the best that we can do when we're in that present moment. Right. And so, um, so when it comes to the nutritional healing and the meals that I create, I do a lot of plant-based cooking. Um, I've been featuring tons of plant-based dishes when I go on TV and everything. I've done a collard green wrap that is really good. I make a vegan pesto with that nice. and a vegan cashew cheese that I put in there with a bunch of crunchy vegetables. And it's really fulfilling. And a lot of people are really shocked when they eat it because it's because good. It and it tastes delicious. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. exactly. And so they're like, oh, my goodness. And so I've had people like, I've been craving that. <laughs> and, and so and then I do... Um, I'm doing, I've done like smoked mushroom tacos. I and saw I'm, that yeah, on, on PBS, the, on PBS yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. I'm curious though, um, what type of mushrooms were those? Uh, those were portobello. Portobello, yep, okay. Portobello mushrooms. Got you. Um, those are probably the ones that I work with the most because I like them. They have like the meaty flavor and Got texture it. and you can do a lot with it. I am not a big person that likes to do like the fake or the imitation meats and things like mm -hmm. that. I like to let vegetables be vegetables and let them be what they are and speak for themselves and speak for themselves a, and don't overcomplicate it with, Oh, I got to put all of this. Right. No, they can actually taste good with just a little love and right. a little sprinkle of, you know, magic. <laughs> real seasoning. <laughs> yeah. Real seasoning. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, um, I do a lot of, of those types of dishes and I'm still exploring, um, have a pop-up coming up in Bayport on Friday, June 29th. Whoop, whoop. We got, um, and that's in Bayport, which is right on the St. Croix River. It's beautiful. It's 30 minutes out of the Twin Cities. You can have wine. And there's <laughs> wine pairings. I have a three-course meal. Um, yes, and the restaurant space is L'Etoile du Nord, which is um, means the Star of the North, and it's located in Bayport, right off of Highway 95, and right off of, like I said, the St. Croix. There's a marina close by, 
lots of it's just a beautiful place the restaurant space itself is beautiful there's a patio there's a beautiful wood fire oven well it's gas and wood fire um and so we're gonna be creating some vegan pizzas i do a spelt crust pizza what is spelt um so spelt is an ancient grain it's an ancient a wheat actually um and it's was been cultivated for like five I don't know, 50,000 years, okay. 5,000 years BC. Okay. Don't let me get the numbers. <laughs> mess it up. But um, so it's ancient. Um, it's full of protein fiber. It's just uh, more. It it's, hasn't been tampered with. Okay. Like the wheat that we eat, um, the regular, you know, um, uh, wheat or even it's the whole wheat it, way, that's right? super processed and bleached. And it's it's just a better product. Um more nutritious and all of that um it's alkaline if people are into that type of thing interesting um and so i create a crust with that and then have a a vegan pizza got the vegan cheese and everything is organic it's all farm to table um and that's really uh uh in in kind of uh relation to the previous owners of Toile du Nord who did um all farm to table and so I have the opportunity they um basically shut down their restaurant and really um is important to them about who it goes into that space and that that person is really um about what (laughs) many of the things that I'm about which is healing and farm to table and kind of the environment and all of those pieces and so um, I'm working with them. Well, actually, I'm working in that space on my own to build Shell's Kitchen, and it's just a great opportunity um, to to utilize the space with some people that kind of put themselves out to help support me. And, so, and that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. So the the pop up is the 29th. Like I said, there's two seatings, 5:30 and 7:30. Three courses with wine pairings. We got a little amuse bouge course. Um, prior to the to the three courses and um a little specialty cocktail that we are creating and yeah so it will be great and really this is a this is called organic transition so it's really representing me and my and and kind of this place of transition that i'm at literally in every place in my life and and so um really the solstice just happened you know the the changing of the season the bounty the abundance that's getting ready to come celebrating all of these things and having a really amazing plant-based meal i got some sambusas in there (laughs) i've got a little uh a little twist on a banana pudding coming in there it's gonna all be vegan (laughs) and organic and i won't tell too much about it just yet Um, But it's going to be great. And really, this is a kickoff. Um, So in the month of July, I'm going to be doing Friday and Saturday pizzas and cocktails out of that restaurant space to start out. Nice. And so we're also thinking about a shuttle situation to get people from the cities out. And so arrangements, um, people. Yeah. So we're we're trying (laughs) to have it all figured out. So and, and of course, obviously, you know with people drinking alcohol and whatnot it's nice to to have that ride situation figured out so we're working on that um and again wood fire pizza patio 
Um, we're also selling bottles of wine out of the space because that's that's um, something that we can do. And then there's a coffee roasting situation. So we're going to be roasting that fresh is, coffee. That's really so, interesting to me. Yeah. Have you ever done that before? I have not. So okay. this is I'm learning. I, I have not worked out of a uh you know big kiln oven like this either before so i'm actually after i leave here i'm heading over there to nice. start we're gonna do some recipe testing and we do have a little wednesday night pizza um i don't know how many people might <laughs> respond to this but we're gonna do a little informal dinner out there um and asking people for donations to come out and enjoy some of our sample pizzas that wow. we're testing awesome. so um, you know, hit me up if you guys are out there listening. You, you, you heard that straight from the <laughs> chef's mouth. No. Yes, yes. So, you know, yeah. you talked about um, farm to table, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, and I'm gonna uh, tell me the name of the restaurant again. I know. I kind of think I was butchering it for a while. Yeah. I'm not French, <laughs> but um, Le Toile du Nord. Nord. Yeah, Le Toile du Nord. I yeah. <laughs> I, I just got corrected on that last night actually understood so. <laughs> um since they are basically you all have your understanding and you've partnered in that you have the same mindset of doing that mm -hmm. of doing a farm to table um interesting i was reading an article and it talked about um farm to table shouldn't only be for i'll, I'll just say white people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um exactly what are your thoughts on that because i've myself personally i've always thought that no matter what um any type of food should be available to in Absolutely. any class of in person or individual or families or whatever mm -hmm. it shouldn't just be oh well i went to a farm to table um restaurant and right. enjoyed this and enjoyed that Absolutely. and then uh, you know another couple family whomever well, you know, we don't have that opportunity or whatever because sometimes these prices are really, really right. high or exorbitant right. or whatever. Absolutely. Um, any thoughts on that or maybe your I perspective? I have all kinds of thoughts on Please. that. Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, I talked about reclaiming the narrative. Yes. So really, like even to say the thought of it's not just for or whatever, right. like to me is the narrative is all wrong that's what the problem is right. of us even think that it is because it isn't first secondly um i mean i just came from breaking bread which is a part of appetite for change exactly. which is i mean that's that is farm to table we're literally i mean it's it's garden to table right i don't know farm slash garden that really makes a difference yeah exactly like we're growing food out of the ground and we are connecting with the earth and we're connecting with our food source and our source of nutrition and our source of our vitality okay and so um then everybody should have the opportunity to do that no exactly. matter where they are and we really need to understand that this is this this thought is really a result of like i keep talking about the the culture of our society that we live in because there was a cr culture created out of the slave system right. okay and so from that slave system where we were cre we created a whole plethora of cuisine that was based on taking garbage and making something sustainable and 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 nutritious and that would give us a source of energy from mm -hmm. right 
Um, but that's not that's not where we originated from. Right. We originated from. I mean, a lot of us have multiple cultures in our family. Exactly. So there's African and big Native American influences, and then every other culture that we've come across has had some influence in the way we cook and how we cook it. But you best believe the black hand was in that pot. Okay, of the American of American cuisine. We are at the we are at the foundation of the 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 building blocks of of American cuisine when you think about it and know about it today. Okay, our hand was in that pot. Okay, on on every level, whether you want to call it soul food, southern cuisine, American cuisine, we have always been in that kitchen sweating. Right. Okay. So um when it comes to what happened after uh slavery and the the whole economy shifted into this industrial um commodity driven food system right so now we're 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 getting we're going away from uh being able to farm for ourselves and having to raise cash crops right, right. like corn and sugarcane and tobacco and whatever else uh uh but but what happened was we stopped gardening because we had to we had to maximize the space right. that we needed to grow those crops and we need and so we started going to the commissary right to get our cornmeal and our sugar and our flour our processed foods right and so that created a culture which is now we go to the corner store okay and and, and I'm talking about in the in the what we call food desert areas in the urban food desert, exactly. right? Is that there's a commissary, right? So now the commissary is the corner store. So now you can go there and you don't have to get the flour and the sugar anymore. Now it's already packaged and processed in a bag uh, with a bunch of other chemicals and dyes and whatnot. And now that's that's the culture, right? right? So there's no, so now you're completely disconnected from, from your the, food and the source earth and, and the all, earth, yes. exactly. And so, so we just have to really understand that that whole entire system was created to keep us sick and broke. Mm. Okay. Because the sickness, okay, then we have to go to the doctor and get the pharmaceuticals, right? And then we're broke. (laughs) And then like, it's a cycle, right? And so really I talk about this concept, which I call community health, which is like, (laughs) of course, everybody knows, thinks of community health, but I break it down and I talk about how it's about us unifying up for our common interest, common interest, unifying community, right? right? And it starts with our environment because our environment determines what we, our diet is really. And when I talk about diet, I'm talking about everything we consume from the food, water, air, and information, all of the different information messages, signals, and things that are coming in through our eyes, ears, and every other way we can absorb information, right? So all of this is our diet which is really determining our quality of life on every level, right? right? And that's on the level physically, mentally, spiritually, spiritually, emotionally, all of those things are being fed by this diet. And so this quality of life then turns around and impacts how we can actually educate ourselves and others, right? And so the educational piece is directly impacted by the quality of life and the educational 
piece then goes back to directly impact the environment again. So as much as we do or don't know is going to determine what that environment looks like, which will then again determine what our diet is. Like it's a cycle that just goes around. And that is, those are the different areas that we need to know to improve our community health, right? Mm -hmm. And so to get back to your original question of, of this the farm to table piece like it's imperative that we grow our own food that we have gardens in our backyards that we know how not just to grow the food which is its own process because you got to know how to grow it you got to know when to plant you got to know how to plant what pests and how to do all of this and how you how you can you know keep the pests at bay the pests are going to be there that's part of the the ecosystem that's part of it and it's it's a necessary piece so you have to have a part of that in there for that but you have to know what to do with the food when it comes out of the ground right not only are you able to create now food so that you can feed your family but now you got some extra food that you can either barter with or go sell at the farmer's market and now you're creating generating an income like the and 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 so the other piece is the food the one piece is the food piece but the other piece is the economics piece and that's why it's big for me around helping food businesses and starting my own food business and having my own business and teaching my children about that. I want them to work for themselves rather than work for someone else or work for the family business rather than to go out and build someone else's business or dream or dream. Right. Exactly. And so all, because this is the holistic piece. It's all the, the financial piece is a part of the holistic health, you know? And so, um, and so, we all have to kind of be thinking in, we have to get our mindset in that piece of food has everything to do with our overall health and our access to it and our way and our ability to be innovative and how we can create our own pathways for farm to table. It's, it's imperative. It's necessary. If we want to live, if we want to have the quality of life that we all, most of us, you know want to have exactly and um and that's that's not for anybody else to determine but you right but at the end of the day if that's if you want health and you want to live and you want to create something that's sustainable for you and your family and your children then that has to be a part of what you're doing when you put the fork up to your mouth when you go to the grocery store when you make the decision on what to feed your family and i'm not perfect okay so i'm not sitting up here like i struggle with this same issue because i'm running around trying to run a business have a family it's like what are we going to eat for dinner and sometimes it's not always the healthiest thing it's not always the the choice that i want to make right but it's a process and and that's the journey and, and that's the trans transformational piece that i'm going through right and it's now ongoing. It's, it's ongoing. ongoing it's always so ongoing it's always not like oh yeah well i'm good now i'm there no, no. it's like a constant even and that's a big thing of mental health too because when it comes to mental health like we 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 might get to this kind of place where we feel we're happy and then we stop working on ourselves and we stop complacent you know we get complacent and we stop caring for ourselves and having that self-care piece and then we wonder why we end up in this kind of other place exactly you know and so it's all it's all connected and it's all a 
a part of the bigger system and we all need to understand as us as individuals we all how well we are you know someone always said someone says to me quite often you have to put your oxygen mask on before you can help anyone else exactly. you know very, and so and that's where we all need mm. to focus a little bit more on yeah. is that self-care piece so that, such great points such great points uh, please uh folks Thank you again so much for listening. You are listening to the Unbougie Foodie and Chef Lachelle Cunningham on the show. Uh, if you have any comments or questions or maybe even a suggestion or something um, and or just want to join in the conversation, please feel free. I don't want to leave you all out. Again, it's about engaging with the community. Uh, please feel free to reach us here at the radio station, which is 651-200-3479. Again, 651-200-3479. I want to, uh, you know, you still a little bit on the subject still of farm to table. Mm -hmm. What, when we're talking about the garden slash farm, mm -hmm. I mean, there is no difference. I mean, okay, one might have a bit more larger acreage and so size, forth exactly yes. but I and mean, maybe it's, the processes right. and how that works but mm -hmm. it's still uh, but then there is you know we live in uh, urban communities we mm -hmm. may not have the space um I, it's interesting enough i was coming to the radio station this morning and i saw you know a, a little plot of land and i hadn't thought anything of it before but i know that there were mm -hmm. people that were there I believe that they were now making it a community garden. Mm -hmm. So efforts like that, yes. is that, you know, how, it's because you were working with Breaking Bread and mm -hmm. appetite, appetite for Change, is that a difficult process or do you just have to kind of like find maybe a group that is doing something yes. like that and just ask them about, okay, what type, what's the process of having a portion or a plot of that community garden absolutely i think it's about going out into your community mm -hmm. and if there's a garden there then connecting with that garden because a lot of times that one garden okay. knows that there's other gardens that can be connected to so i mean all over the north side south side at least in the twin cities area there there are gardens community gardens in most of the communities that i know of okay multiple gardens um and so it's really for what i would say and i'm not i am not the garden expert so don't garden queen <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm not there yet i've planted my own garden i've grown my own garden it's been fun and beautiful and i plan to continue to do that but i'm still in the learning plate phase too but me i would say um plant your own garden would be my number one um thing that i would say if you can if you have a yard that you can plant in please you might want to get the soil tested. Right. You might want to get some composting. You got to rototill. You got to do some work. And it's wonderful work. And you will feel so good and when you do that work. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, I would say that. Get some plants in your house. Do a herb garden in your window if okay. you can. Okay. There's other. You can you can grow some plants in your house if you don't have um, the, 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 the space in your yard. Uh, the other thing is to connect with one of your family members who might have a garden and ask them, Hey, can I come over and help plant? And then I can right. get some of the harvest. Exactly. I can come weed. I can come maintain the garden, connect with the people in your life mm. and get connected with them and grow gardens together and harvest the food and break bread together you when go. you guys make the food like that is what really we should be doing to build our community and if that is is maybe um 
too many barriers to that. Go out into your community, look around the neighborhood, drive around in a couple blocks or mile radius from your place or walk around right bus bike whatever get around move around <laughs> in the community see what's out there and check out the garden spaces that are in your area connect with the people that are working there ask how you can get involved and be involved that means show up right. work be fulfilled from that work and then um you know uh benefit from the bounty of that work and and sow those seeds and and plant and and be a part of that process and then maybe there's a farmer's market that you guys are connected to and you can start selling the produce there or um figuring out that process um now if there's no garden in your community there's no family you can connect with you can't grow it in your own yard you can't get a plant to to live in your place um what i would say is somehow get connected to the closest thing that you can to a community organization mm-hmm. in your community a park uh the the minneapolis parks and recs go get up with them see if there's a way where you can connect to another community that's close to yours just be innovative think of how you can do this that works for you maybe you don't have a lot of time true you know, the box you know, necessary. just there's 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 other ways to think about this. Maybe you don't have a lot of time, but maybe you got some kids and you can send your kids over there and they can help. And then your household can still benefit <laughs> from that. What was you that know? For? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's if you don't have any kids, like just try to think of a way, you know, no, if you don't exactly. have kids, then you might have a little bit more free time than someone who does Very have kids, you know, true. so do it. It's interesting <laughs> that you, uh, I know you mentioned about uh, the uh, having an herb garden and whatnot. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to call this the fad. I don't think it's a fad, but I, d- I need to personally learn more about it. Mm-hmm. Hydrophonics. Hydroponics. Hydroponics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Hydroponics. Was it? Uh, <laughs> That's um, like wet. Re- yeah, exactly. Reading when wet? I don't <laughs> In All water? Right. I don't know. I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, how how familiar are you with it, and is that something that um, you know, some might actually look at yeah, or get into absolutely. and whatnot? Absolutely, that probably takes a little bit more finances okay. because you got to buy the little. If the you're trying to do whatever. it, yeah, you got to buy the the hydroponic uh, garden thing. Ooh, that didn't sound good. <laughs> but um, now you know how actually versed I am in okay. hydroponics. I'm not super versed. It's something that I'm very much interested in. I kind of okay. had this like little deeper dream vision of having like an urban hydroponic warehouse, exactly. like cooperative garden that feeds the but they these do families. have something they like do. that. There's one um, actually not far from here by the Schmidt. Brewery, yes, uh, exactly. Uh, Urban Organics, I believe, yes. is what they're called. I went and toured their facility, and they are—they have a hydroponics, and they're growing—they're um, growing lettuce, greens, and and herbs. Right. And then they have the aquaponics, which is the the fish farm, yes. and so they're fish—they're farming. Um, I think I want to say bass, but don't 
get me to telling you the wrong thing but <laughs> they um but that was actually part of my vision was to kind of have this hydroponic thing in the basement and like this whole filtration system that went up through and fed all the plants in the building Love and it. i had a <laughs> chicken coop and restaurant that was fed by it and all this fun stuff so one day that you know one you'll day. see that that bigger vision but um but yeah so i would say that you would want to do your research of course there's a probably a little bit of an investment but i do know someone that does it out of their house and has been really successful okay. growing like tomatoes uh, lettuce and stuff like that herbs go really well like that right um so that's one option i mean i'm one of i'm kind of old-fashioned so i'm like about that dirt and yeah. that sun <laughs> and that water you, in your hands soil, in between, and touching, and touching it. it yes I'm the earth i'm person. very much like you know a, a nature I'm a, one that likes to be out in nature. Although I don't know, I was thinking this other day. I love nature, but I do not like bugs. <laughs> <laughs> I did not want bugs crawling all over me. And I was like, "Girl, you gotta get better in tune with nature so that these bugs stop bothering you." <laughs> hey, you might be able to find a plant or something like that that yes. you can mix together exactly. and absolutely. prevent, you know, a any type there of. There is a abs yeah, actually definitely. yes, absolutely. Um. Gosh, this is this. Uh, we're not done yet, but uh, this has been really fun, fun, yeah. and just knowledge and transfer and everything. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Um, and I I ask this of any home chef or cook or professional that I meet. What's your favorite thing to make? <laughs> um, I love. I like making soups. That's probably the one thing that I make the most of at home because okay. it's like super easy and I can just take whatever's in my fridge and throw it together and it becomes delicious. Um, but I like working with doughs, even though I'm not like a baker or anything okay. like that. I like to make fresh pasta. That's probably like it's a labor of love. But for some reason, it's, I love it. Um, I like uh, working with vegetables yeah, okay. a lot. I love smoking things. So I, for a time there, I was really into meats and smoking meat and right. grilling and uh, you know that <laughs> fire um i love cooking over fire so now i'm getting more into the vegetable part of nice. cooking over fire so mm -hmm. i've been smoking like mushrooms and uh, that's so interesting yeah uh, yeah yeah it's man. good and vegetables take like that 10 minutes to smoke whereas meat takes like hours yeah, so exactly. um and it and it parts a lot of flavor and you can actually expand a lot vegetables have actually expanded my palate and my creativity and innovation with food way further than anything yeah. else really okay mm -hmm. and just my ability to experiment and be like okay now i know like i've been living my whole life eating meat and uh, uh the starch and a vegetable like that little trio right um now how to and i you know obviously i've gone around i've eaten a lot of food um in my life and uh now it's like okay how do i recreate that same um experience of the whole because the, the eating is an experience yeah. beyond just the tasting and the chewing exactly but it it's it's like drums up a whole bunch of feelings and then it also like the different flavors and the sensations and the textures and the mouthfeel see and i'm not crazy all of those things <laughs> i'm not crazy <laughs> all of those things are part of the experience so how can you recreate that with some vegetables right. and so i've done it a lot of times um and i'm still exploring the most recent thing we've been working with is 
tamales and I'm I I think our tamales are good. Okay. But I think we are still working to make them great. Okay. And but one thing that we've been working with is jackfruit. So we've been creating mm. this jackfruit tamales and so first time they were sweeter, the second time they were saltier because they brine we brine them but they were more to the texture to the, and everything to the, that you... to the flavor. Okay. The texture is good, but the flavor and the 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 flavor really More so. of getting that right to really like feel like you're not missing the meat. Understood. Piece. And we smoked it a little bit. Okay. And so we've been playing around with that. Um and now I'm probably playing around with more medicinal stuff like putting nettle in different things and um yeah. So and I'm I'm uh on this menu, you know, incorporating a lot of different cultures into the cuisine as well. So nice. Yeah. I'm curious about um you know, soul food in the I guess in Saint Paul. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see it in like little sp- sparse areas and mm-hmm. everything, and there are other organizations, um and other individuals that I'm aware and that you probably know that are you're aware of as well. <clears throat> For instance, um, Gerard Class, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. his classic um, mm-hmm. Soul Bowl, Soul Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, DeMarco Cavill coming up with M- uh, Mama's Kitchen mm-hmm. um, in St. Paul mm-hmm. and also Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what do we need to do to see more representation of of people of color and the foods that we are that we're familiar with that they're used to eating but still on you know again sticking in line with the whole staying with culture right absolutely um it's really about us changing our mind frame when it comes to uh what we value as how we're going to sustain ourselves okay so um we're really taught to be workers in the society to go get a job and work for someone else because that's how we're going to pay our bills. And yes, all, all of us at some point or another Gotta have do to do that. You know what I mean? Like, but at some point, like you don't, you know, <laughs> and that's just the reality of it. You know, for me, a lot of people say that, um, you know, they've been inspired by me because I'm following my dreams and passions and, and I'm very humbled by that, um, but I don't feel like I have a choice. I don't feel like it's like, oh, well, I could just not follow my dreams and I could just keep doing this other thing. Like it's constantly pulling at my soul, you right. know? And so I'm gonna either listen to that or I'm not. And, and sometimes we can block it out so much that we don't hear it anymore. Mm-hmm. So we gotta really get in tune with ourselves a little bit more. And not everybody is a business owner, right. you know? Um, so, uh, you know, and, and business owners need workers. So right. I'm not saying that everybody does need to be a business owner, but let's be mindful of what businesses that we're working for. And what talents um, we actually what, have. And the talents that you actually have. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not a business owner, maybe you're an artist, maybe you're a teacher, maybe, I mean, there's different ways to um, to showcase your talents. And I think that the more that we can do that and the more chefs can see other chefs that are doing that and setting that example, mm-hmm. we need to see more, we need to see Gerard, we need to see myself, we need to see Onyx Culinary yes. Collective chefs, we need to see 
uh, Jametta Raspberry. Yes. We need to see Justin Sutherland. We need to see us out here doing it. We need your help, people in the community, to support our businesses, to give us the feedback, and but to keep coming back even when we mess up. We need you to come back. We need you to give us the feedback. You need you to come back and say, you're you're doing better you're not doing better that, we need that support that's important and also i think helpful uh i know for myself as a person that you know i go and want to enjoy a food experience that gives me a bit more um uh, appreciation that they do want to actually hear feedback Absolutely. i mean not trying to come at somebody it's like what's wrong right. with y'all what I mean, y'all respect, do with our food respectful. respectfully mm-hmm. exactly you Absolutely. know and so that right there, your point right there, that those statements that you just made about come back, tell yeah. us, or just, you know. You don't got to blast us all no, over social um, media. No, like, exactly. come back to us respectful well, and say, hey, this didn't work for right. me. Inbox us, exactly. you know. And we're very receptive and open, especially as when it's when it's, uh, when it's respectful yes. and, and comes from the heart. The other piece that I would say is. Be willing to come and work with us collaboratively and even for us if we need staff. Because a lot of times what I've seen in the industry is an apprehension of people to see me as a leader in the kitchen. Like Mm -hmm. I had to really come into that. Like even I had to go through my own process of seeing myself as a leader and and knowing my own worth to, you know, to the extent that I could lead other people. that's huge in this this piece about industry and business and um us growing an economy in our community uh we have to be able to answer to each other we have to be able to hold each other accountable i have to be able to hold you accountable and say i you know this is my business um you're coming to work here i need you to stick to these standards i need you to respect me as your boss i you know a lot of times we have some deep ingrained pathological uh wounds and trauma in our community that definitely i you know i i don't want to get too radical Mm. but we do perpetuate white supremacy a lot in our in in the way that we do things in our culture ourselves in our own um in our own ways that we treat ourselves that we treat each other and Mm. it's not always blatant sometimes it's it's very subtle Mm-hmm. In the way that it happens, and so, but it's and noticeable what I, by others, right? And what I mean by when I say perpetuating white supremacy is, I mean that we're perpetuating our own uh, degeneration. We perpetuate that we're less than mm-hmm. when we're not. You know what I'm saying? And so, when we can learn to overcome those stigmas and though that trauma is when we can really, well, really, we need to learn how to just recognize it, right. like see it and say, okay, like I've been doing it this way for so long that it's like a habit, but it's also something that I can change. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so, and I don't, I don't want to get too deep or no. philosophical, but what I'm saying is, is that these are things that are real things that impact us as chefs, us as, as a people and our prosperity and our ability to grow and 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 see value in ourselves and see value in each other these things really impact 
um, our success. It looks like we're gonna have to ask you to come. We're gonna ask you to come. We're gonna have to ask you to come back <laughs> and have a further conversation and everything yes. like that. But I so appreciate you being here. Thank you so much again, Thank you. Uh, Chef Lachelle uh, Cunningham. And please tell us one more time where you're gonna be this week, uh, next weekend. Friday, June 29th. I'm gonna be in Bayport at La Toile du Nord. Please come out. You can find it on my Facebook page. More about that yep. later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, this is the Unbougie Foodie. And as I end every show, always remember, never let anyone tell you what type of foodie to be. Because really, sit down with the Unbougie Foodie. It is all about the food. Until next time.